You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 243 of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Rick? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, You got some nice weather. You had uh, Elimination Day yesterday. I'm sure everyone's excited. (laughs) Leafs Elimination Day. Um, Yeah, we're coming to the end of the second round of the playoffs. And um, Leafs got over one hurdle, but uh, not that Nick Cousins hurdle, uh, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, nevertheless, that was a fun series to follow. Uh, I didn't get to watch every single game, but uh, I think I got the result I ended up needing in the end. Uh, We can still make as many Maple Leaf jokes as we want. Maybe not the first round jokes, but uh, still, uh, the only one win in the second round since what two thousand four. That's not a good record. Yeah, it's and for me, it's always fun to see uh, Kyle Dubas uh, upset again in the press box, and he's been throwing things during the series. And um, you know, he makes so much of his history with the Sioux Greyhounds. It was great to see a Sioux Greyhound, former Sioux Greyhound, in Nick Cousins um, uh, eliminate them from the playoffs. But uh, the Leafs, uh, one of many Canadian teams that are going to have a very busy offseason and uh, have a lot of very important decisions to make. But I think uh, the team with the most important decision to make is the Montreal Canadiens. Mm -hmm. So on this podcast, we'll get you all up to date on Montreal Canadiens news. And then we'll have our Habs prospect report and the segment with some news around the league. And then in segment two, it's a big topic, mocking the Habs first round picks. So we're looking for some first round gems. Uh, As we had the draft lottery go down just this past Monday, we'll get you up to date on what to expect at uh, number five for the Montreal Canadiens. And in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadiens Connection question of the week is, what would your reaction be if Kent Hughes selects uh, Mitiv Michkov at fifth overall? What do you think? Do do you want to see Michkov? Are you afraid of Michkov? What if Kent Hughes took Michkov? We want to hear from you. 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Send us a text anytime, 24 hours a day on the Rocket Sports text line. Uh, You can also uh, send us an email, uh, 
hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And uh, you can uh, reach out to us on our social medias. Make sure you give at Habs Connection a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. So starting things off, a couple of fascinating stories from this past week. And uh, nothing more fascinating to me than this uh, bubble hockey challenge. <laughs> P.K. Subban versus Nick Suzuki. Uh, there's this video that went online where these two uh, met up at center ice at Bell Center uh, to play a game. First uh score three wins and uh, it was Nick Suzuki that comes out victorious three to two not sure what it is about those uh, big bubble hockey tables but that bubble is hard to see through all the scratches uh, all the dust on top of it I, I don't know how they managed to look through and see what they were doing at center ice there and half the fun I, I prefer the rod hockey where you can actually put the puck out of the the arena and perhaps even at your opponent uh, that's always fun. This this was just, uh, you know, this is a light story, a, a silly kind of uh, story. It was something that P.K. Subban um, prepared for for ESPN and Good Sport. Uh, Nick Suzuki was there at center ice facing off. Nick, Nick actually won, won this twice um, because he scored his third goal. But as we know, when you play either rod hockey or bubble hockey, the, there are no uh, reviews and the puck was in and out of the net. Uh, and didn't stay uh, in in the slot. So, um, congratulations to to Nick Suzuki uh, on beating PK Subban. And uh, another big thing came out of Montreal. It appears that the home of Carey Price and his family have been put up for sale. Looks like he could be returning back to his hometown in BC. Yeah, this was something that was uh, we we talked about it a few weeks back when. Um, uh, Angela uh, on uh, Carrie's wife uh, on her Instagram had said that the the family would be putting their their Montreal house up for sale. Actually, it's in in Candiac, um, and it is was put on the the market uh, uh, this week. Um, it is a I'm told it's a 9,800 square foot house, uh, and the sale price the asking price is 1.8 million. If you're interested. So make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines throughout this busy offseason at HabsHockeyReport.com. Looking at roster news for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Frederick Allard has signed a deal with the Luli in the SHL, and Otto Leskinen is returning back to the Liga. Uh, both AHL def- defensemen, uh, Allard was uh, traded to Montreal partway through the season, uh, he played a couple games with the Habs, but spent the majority of it in Laval. And I think it's fair to say the majority of that was as a healthy scratch, unfortunately. Uh, Otto Leskinen had some injury issues this year, so we didn't really get to see much of him anywhere. Um, Nate Schnarr was uh, the player sent from the Montreal, Montreal organization to the Kings organization to... Uh, uh, acquire um, Allard, uh, a, a curious kind of trade at the time. Um, and he said uh, in his interview after after signing uh, with the SHL, said, uh, it's hard to understand it. I had such a great experience with the Canadians. Remember, he was in Los Angeles and the Canadians were nearby. They needed a defenseman, so he got to play. Um, and he said, I lived my dream of playing for the Montreal Canadiens. It was the highest of the highs but also the lowest of lows. In Laval, I did not play. I would have liked to have gotten my chance. I only played five games. Uh, remember, he played in the final uh, playoff game and scored the only goal that uh, uh, Laval had scored in the playoffs. 
Uh, he said, I didn't have the opportunity to prove my ability. Uh, they acquired me for a reason, but they didn't want to find out the reason. Uh, so he <laughs> he doesn't sound too happy with his experience with J.F. Hool and Laval, Laval Rocket. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll be uh, um, better served uh, in the SHL. And uh, speaking of Europe, a couple late additions to uh, the 2023 IAHF World Championship. Yoel Armia is going to represent uh, Finland, and uh, goalie prospect Frederick Dikau is going to represent uh, Denmark. Uh, this won't be the first time that uh, Dikau will be representing uh, Denmark on the main or on the world stage. Yeah, and they face uh, Denmark uh, faces uh, Hungary today. Um, unsure if uh, Dikau will be in the lineup, but uh, expects so. Uh, Finland's up against Germany uh, today, Saturday, uh, with uh, Joel Armia uh, expected to be in the lineup. And uh, just a little reminder here to our listeners, uh, Canadians prospects Sean Farrell and Lane Hudson and Luke Tuck are all playing with Team USA, while Justin Barron and Sam Montembeau have joined Team Canada. Uh, Montembeau did get a shutout against uh, Team Latvia this past week. Uh, 23 shots, uh, 23 saves for Sam Montembeau. No points uh, for Justin Barron in that uh, 6-0 win that Canada had over Latvia. Uh, Jordan Harris is the Montreal Canadiens candidate for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Uh, Harris was involved in several community initiatives, including Black History Month, uh, the Inuit Games, and the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, uh, helping out with minor hockey practices and skating initiatives for uh, disadvantaged schools. Uh, nice to see that uh, the rookie gets a little nod, nod from his franchise. Yeah, and, and it's kind of unusual, just uh, 22 years of age, um, but he, he always, he, ever since he's joined the Canadians, we, we've said how mature he is. Uh, of course, he had some leadership experience uh, when he was uh, in the NCAA with Northeastern. He was uh, an alternate captain uh, and then a captain his final year at Northeastern before coming to Montreal, and, and his leadership has uh, uh, only grown uh, as part of the Canadians. So now we'll get to our winners and losers of the week. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So we uh, pick one winner and one loser from this past week uh, throughout the sports world. Uh, sometimes we try to keep it within hockey, but we don't necessarily limit ourselves to the Montreal Canadiens. And we'll start with our losers. Rick, who are you picking for your loser of the week? Alex Petrangelo. Um uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, he received a one-game suspension. Bizarre, just that it was just one uh, one-game suspension. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl uh, was coming in and, and uh, going for an empty net goal, and without any, it didn't really affect the player play at all. It was Petrangelo uh, that just uh, uh, an overhead two-hand slash um uh, across the wrists of, of Dreisaitl. As I said, a one-game suspension, which seemed silly. Um, he could have... He was obviously targeting, um, you know, the most one of the most important players of, of uh, the Oilers and trying to put him out of the series. Uh, one, of, one of the most vicious um, moves I've seen in this year's playoff. Uh, and it was offset um, by a one-game suspension for Nurse, who went into a mutually agreeable fight in the last uh, five minutes of the game. It was, 
it was a bad look uh, for the NHL and the NHL Department of Player Safety, and and they they really have to do better than that. Yeah, clear intent to injure and going after a star player. That's not a good look on Petrangelo. And to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed that this is just a one-game suspension. I uh, just don't think there's really a need to, for that in this sport to go out and try to injure other players when your team is losing. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has served his one-game suspension. We'll see what happens when he comes back and uh, faces the Oilers uh, in the next game. Uh, my loser for this week, I'm going with uh, one Austin Matthews, who was eliminated from the playoffs last night on uh, Friday, May the 12th, uh, in his series against the Florida Panthers, in which uh, the Florida won that series 4-1, to one, Matthews puts up zero goals. So that's supposed to be the best player on these Toronto Maple Leafs. He's supposed to be the leader, the centerpiece, uh, the number one guy. And he failed to generate any offense. And honestly, um, throughout some of the games that I watched, uh, pretty unnoticeable. So uh, big loser of the week is Austin Matthews. I guess uh, he was in a bit of a rush to get to, back to Arizona. Maybe he had uh, booked uh, some golfing. Uh, he was missing out. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens to this Toronto Maple Leafs team over the summer. That's a that's a great pick. And, and yeah, Matthews, um, um, just two assists. Uh, and those two assists came in the first two games uh, of the series and and disappeared uh, for the rest of the series and and still getting the ice time more than 20 minutes a game 29 minutes uh, last night with the um, extended game and and uh, uh, he put up eight shots last night but um, you know, wasn't able to to help the Leafs the Leafs scored I think two goals uh, was that the maximum uh, throughout the the Florida series. Part of that yeah. had to do with Bobrovsky, obviously, but um, I think somebody mentioned on Twitter that Austin Matthews uh, had not did not have a five game streak um, where he's kept scoreless during the regular season, but uh, he certainly had one in the playoffs. So we'll take a look at some more positive news and get to our winners here. Uh, for my winners, I'm picking a team that seems to play like a team. They don't necessarily have that one flashy star player. It's uh, really just a team effort, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes, who will be headed off to the Eastern Conference Finals to face off against Florida. Uh, out of all the teams I see left in the playoffs, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are the most complete team, and I think they have the fewest holes in their lineup, so uh, I don't see them being stoppable, and honestly... Very dominant rounds one and two, uh, getting through uh, both of their series in like easy fashion. They made it look simple. So, uh, big congrats to the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a great pick, and and uh, as you say, they play like a team, and a lot of that has to do with their coach uh, Rod Brindamore, who I have a lot of respect for. Um, and I'll just mention that in our ten bold predictions at the beginning of the season, October eighth. Um, I chose uh, one of my bold predictions, Carolina Hurricanes, as uh, uh, winning the Stanley Cup. And so I'm, I'm the only one alive, <laughs> um, but, but pleased, with, uh, pleased with that and, and uh, um, wish them well as, as they uh, face uh, the juggernaut Florida Panthers. <laughs> so who's your winner for this week? My winner, um, we haven't talked about him, uh, certainly not on this show for a long time, and that's former um, former St. John's Ice Caps 
uh, head coach, Sylvain Lefebvre, currently an assistant coach uh, with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Paul Maurice is another coach. Uh, it's funny how uh, the the experience, the, the top coaches um, like uh, Paul Maurice, like Brenda Moore, like Pete DeBoer, are the are are managing the teams that uh, remain in the playoffs? But uh, Sylvain Lefebvre is an assistant uh, coach, um, and when he was uh, with uh, the uh, the St. John's Ice Caps, um, fans gave him a hard time, and and uh, um, you know they complained about a lack of playoff success. Um, but out of any of the coaches uh, in in the past few years, um, it was. Uh, Sylvain Lefebvre and uh, his assistant, Donald Dufresne, who um, their practices were incredible. The amount of teaching that went on, the development that went on was incredible. And now um, Sylvain Lefebvre has brought that uh, to assist Paul Maurice uh, with the Florida Panthers. And I thought it was interesting that Paul Maurice uh, took a moment out in one of his pressers to um, uh uh, praise uh, the efforts of Sylvain Lefebvre. The advantage of us having Sylvain Lefebvre, a guy who's won a Stanley Cup who's played defense, understands the things about playing defense that I never will. He can relate to those guys kind of and bring that out. Uh, and he's the kind of coach that uh, players will play for, uh, much like our Luke Richardson. So congratulations. Uh, heading to the conference final, one Sylvain Lefebvre. And uh, I guess Habs fans will be a little bit on the fence about whether or not they <laughs> want to cheer for that Florida Panthers team. Uh, lots of connections with them. Uh, we'll t- we'll get back to uh, the Florida Panthers and uh, how they connect to the Montreal Canadiens more in just a little bit. But first, we'll get to our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So big news coming out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, Joshua Waugh was named Personality of the Year. Uh, Not entirely sure (laughs) what that means, but this is an award that's awarded to the individual who provides positive media impact and helps contribute to the well-being of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's image. I, I think uh, Joshua obviously had a, a, a great season and, and was uh, dynamite in the, in the playoffs. Uh, the, uh, as you say, an unusual award. Um, he is the uh, best representative of uh, the Q, um, I suppose, is, is what they're honoring here and, and well-spoken and um, and uh, on his way out, as we expect him to be joining the Canadians organization in the fall, likely in Laval, um, he is given this award. So a uh, big congrats to uh, Joshua Waugh on that one. And uh, maybe he'll be up for a different award, uh, one that recognizes his good play <laughs> at some point here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three Montreal Canadiens prospects remain in the final round of the CHL playoffs. Uh, we'll start things off. It's currently uh, Logan Mayu versus Owen Beck, uh, the Peterborough Peets versus London Knights. Uh, right now, London leads that series one to nothing. 
Uh, Logan Mayu, uh, really good playoff for this player. He's been an anchor on the back end for London. Uh, currently through 16 games, he has 17 points. Owen Beck not doing too bad uh, as well. Throughout 18 games, he's put up 13 points, and uh, he's been a really good uh, two-way center for that team. Uh, game one of this series was on Thursday night, and uh, it was London coming up with a 3 nothing. They shut out the Peets uh, and take a one nothing series lead. Uh, heading out west uh, to the Western Hockey League final, uh, Winnipeg Ice versus the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, Jared Davidson has been playing with Seattle this season, and it looks like uh, Winnipeg uh, has le- is currently leading the series one to nothing. Uh, Jared Davidson having one heck of a playoff through 15 games. He's put up 21 points. Close game. Um, I, uh, this game was uh, Friday night. Um, and it was uh, the ice coming out with a 3-2 win over Seattle. Um, if you're watching this, of course, uh, watch Jared Davidson with, with Seattle, but uh, also keep an eye on Zach Benson, who's a big part of that Winnipeg offense. So be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone as that comes out every single Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and sometimes you get a little bit of Rick Stevens in there. So each week uh, leading up to the 2023 NHL draft, uh, we'll take a look at some of the latest news and rankings that's relevant to Montreal Canadiens fans. And this past Monday, it was a draft lottery and, well, we have some clarity as to where the Montreal Canadiens are going to be picking. The number five overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the Montreal Canadiens. Last year, Le Canadien made a historic selection by taking Slovak Yuri Slavkowski first overall. This year, they'll be selecting fifth. The last time they had the fifth overall pick is when they took franchise ace in goal, Carey Price. A uh, little mistake there by uh, Kevin Weeks on the pronunci- pronunciation of Slavkowski. Uh, no mistake on Carey Price. Yes, uh, when the Canadians picked uh, fifth overall in uh, 2005, it was Carey Price, and he did become a franchise player, uh, undoubtedly. And and um, and and the Canadians, um, you know, might have liked to have, have moved up given the the talent that was in this draft. But uh, we'll be able to get a, a very talented player at number five, I'm sure. I'll have to give him some credit for his French pronunciation there. Oh, that there you go. Yeah, good, that's, but, uh, that's true. You know what? Uh, I think he's got to practice his Slovak just a little bit more <laughs> and get that right. <laughs> but yeah, the fifth uh, overall pick, uh, there's still going to be plenty of good options there, although I'm sure uh, most fans would have liked to have had that number one pick. In my heart, I, f- I had a hunch that uh, it was going to happen, but uh, unfortunately it didn't quite work out, but still lots to celebrate. Uh, looks like it's going to be the Chicago Blackhawks uh, that get that first overall pick as they win the draft lottery. Uh, to me, uh, I- I'm happy for Luke Richardson, uh, who's a former assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, nice to see that uh, he'll be the guy coaching uh, Connor Bedard. I'm sure he'll do a great job. I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, the Chicago Blackhawks Blackhawks are the team that won, given that uh, this past year they finally moved on from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and they immediately get to a franchise-type player. So a little bit of disappointment on my end, but uh, I'm excited to see what Bedard can do under Luke Richardson. Uh, The Chicago Blackhawks are an important franchise, obviously, uh, in the National Hockey League, an original six member, but also a a big market for the NHL. And... um, and I'm I'm happy for Connor Bedard that he gets to perform 
uh, in a big uh, market rather than a Columbus, rather than a uh, Anaheim, uh, let's say. So um, happier more for Bedard than the Blackhawks. But but yes, they were fortunate in jumping up from three uh, to get that uh, number one overall pick. And again, it's the Ducks that uh, are uh, number two when that generational player comes along. They, they were also uh, <laughs> second uh, in the Sidney Crosby uh, sweepstakes um, way back when. Yeah, so instead of Crosby, they ended up with Bobby Ryan. So mm. certainly uh, there is a difference between that number one and number two pick. But you never know. We haven't seen any of these guys play in the NHL yet, and uh, it'll be fun to look back on this in the years to come. Uh, several new um, draft mocks were released this past week. Uh, that's going to relate to our big topic segment in segment two. So we'll go in depth on that, and we'll let you know all the many options that are available for the Montreal Canadiens at number five. Uh, we'll take a look at our quotes of the week, and uh, both of them come from the draft lottery. Uh, the first one, uh, I feel bad for Kevin Weeks here. A uh, bit of an error on the broadcast. Not sure what happened, but uh, it seemed like he leaked some uh, pretty big news just to head off, uh, just before they headed off into the break. The number four overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the San Jose Sharks. This will be Mike Greer's second draft as a Sharks GM. They have never selected fourth overall, but they have a top five pick for the first time since 1998. And there is our first change in the order, with Columbus dropping to third, so now either Anaheim or Chicago will select first overall. Anaheim has never selected first overall, and the last time Chicago drafted number one was when they took future Hall of Famer Patrick Kane. We'll be back after this. And as you saw, they went to commercial um, and came back. And then Bill Daly announced uh, the, the pick, the number three pick, uh, that it went to Columbus. So um, it was Kevin Weeks that spilled the beans. Now, uh, neither the neither Kevin Weeks nor the, the NHL would comment on it. Um, the the behind-the-scenes story seems to be um, you heard uh, Bill Daly announce the, the fourth overall pick going to San Jose. Kevin Weeks uh, spoke about that, and Mike Greer, uh, the GM. Um, and then there was a bit of an uncomfortable pause uh, of, of silence, and it said that the teleprompter was then loaded uh, for the third pick, which was to be, to be uh, announced after they came back from uh, the... Uh, commercial break, uh, but uh, Kevin Weeks jumped the gun. Whether it was his fault, whether it was the uh, technical issue with the teleprompter, we don't know. Uh, but it was a bit of a, obviously a spoiler. Uh, Twitter blew up. Uh, Columbus didn't know what was going on. Uh, Blue Jackets fans were were um, uh, in a tizzy, and 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 the GM Yarmo like and he he was unsure himself and looked kind of stunned when they came back so unfortunately they take uh, great pains to um you know to go through this process and to keep it secret but uh it was leaked a little early uh, that columbus uh was uh was in third 
Well, I guess you could say, like Ron Burgundy, he'll read anything that's on that prompt here. So <laughs> you got to make sure you put up the right thing. Uh, but like you said, I don't know really who's at fault here. And uh, you certainly feel bad for the situation. Unfortunately, it happens. And when it's live television, you can't really go back and edit that, unfortunately. So just a bad situation all around. Yeah. But uh, looking back at that uh, Montreal Canadiens getting the fifth overall pick, uh, we got to hear from Ken Hughes, and uh, he gets asked about the quality of player that might be available at number five. For me to say that that person has the potential to be a franchise player is putting a pretty significant label. Um, and in a market like Montreal, I think that's that adds a level of complication because there is a, a lot of, certainly a, a significant and passionate following. I think we're going to get a really good hockey player at five. In fact, I'm uh, I'm very, very confident of that. Um, whether that player becomes a franchise player or not, I, I don't I, listen. I, maybe you can say that. I think it's probably easy with a Connor Bedard. I think with all the other players, there's a certain belief going into the draft, but in, until they arrive, until they live the uh, the rigors of a NHL schedule from year to year, it's really difficult to to say that. But it, it it's a talented group. And we're confident that we're getting a very talented player at five. So he danced around a little bit, but but at the end said uh, that they're confident that they're going to get a very talented player. Uh, won't put that franchise tag uh, on that and and raise the expectations. And that's that's a wise thing to do. Um, you know, he talked about uh, it's it's easier when you talk about a Bedard uh, being a franchise player. Actually, I'd go a next level and say generational player. Uh, but didn't want to do that, and and because uh, the Montreal Canadiens at uh, the number five overall pick, uh, so many things can happen in front of them uh, that will change uh, their their focus and and uh, and their decision. Yeah, I think that was how I put it just before we started recording was the perfect opportunity to put out a bit of a nothing sandwich. Uh, obviously, the player getting drafted by Montreal already has a ton of pressure on them just from being a fifth overall pick. There's no need to try and label them a generational or a franchise type player before they even get here, before we even see them play an NHL game. So I think that was very well handled by Kent. And he was asked a, a couple of other questions. He was asked about uh, what what they value. Um, and will they take the best player available? Will they target position? And he said, uh, we will draft the best player available with respect to long-term talent potential. Uh, and and that's exactly the same thing they said about uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. Now there, he's got me <laughs> um, messing up the name. Um uh, th- that's the same thing that he said last year uh, that they wouldn't necessarily take the best player at the time, but who would, who would turn out to be the best uh, prospect. Um, and he said, as far as, as uh, characteristics that uh, determining characteristics uh, that, that they look at uh, that the Canadians value hockey sense and they put a premium on hockey sense, character and compete level. Uh, but I think, Again, that's that's something that we knew already. He was asked specifically about Michkov. Uh, didn't want to say too much about it. Uh, said that they haven't yet uh, uh, dug down on, into all the the obstacles in in um, making that risk versus uh, a reward assessment of of a player in that kind of situation. 
um, and just said that, you know, if all else is equal, if you have two players who are, are identical, it's unlikely Michkov wins that. But, but again, um, it's pretty rare that, 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 uh, two players, uh, rank out, uh, the same when the scouts come in and they do their determinations. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll get a little bit more in-depth into that in uh, segment two. Uh, probably best to save it for that one before we give away any spoilers. Sure. Uh, just before we head off into segment two, though, we do have some uh, big hockey news from around the league, uh, starting things off with the coaching carousel. Uh, New York Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant was fired. A bit of a disappointing playoff performance from the Rangers going down in round one after seemingly having full control of that series against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, They made uh, probably the two biggest splashes at the trade deadline, bringing in Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, and that uh, just did not work out for them. They had great expectations um, of not only the regular season, but a long playoff run that didn't materialize. Um, They're impatient, uh, an impatient bunch uh, with the Rangers. And so uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, who's known as a player coach, um, uh, was was let go. And, and I'd expect that uh, they have a bit more of a, um, a structured coach, a, a disciplinarian uh, kind of coach um, who will replace him. Well, I don't think John Tortorella is available <laughs> at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, some bad news coming out of Colorado. Uh, Avalanche captain Gabriel Landeskog will miss the 2023-24 season. That's a huge loss in that dressing room, a huge loss on the ice. Uh, he was already having injury problems this past year, and uh, that's going to be tough for this team to re- be able to replace. Yeah, and, and the surgery sounds difficult. Cartilage replacement. He's 30 years old. It's hard to believe that, uh, that Landeskog is 30 years old. I remember him as the... Uh, captain of the Kitchener Rangers, of course, one of the junior teams I follow. Uh, this is this is really difficult news uh, for the Avalanche. Uh, big news out of the AHL. President Scott Housen has received a multi-year extension. Uh, there, I think there was some question and some controversy over this a uh, few weeks back, uh, talking about uh, if uh, Scott Housen was going to be around in the AHL much longer. But it uh, looks like this uh, clears up that question. Yeah, this was something we, we've talked about, um, that there was a, a coalition of mostly, not all, all uh, but mostly independently owned AHL teams that weren't happy with uh, uh, the, the progress that Scott Hausen had, had made on some of the issues that they were concerned about and, and had challenged his leadership. His leadership was up for renewal. Um, and, um, and it was none other than Gary Bettman that stepped in and uh, put his uh, thumb on the scale and and move the, um, uh, the the level of support over to Housen, and, and now he has a, a new multi-year deal and is safe for a bit. Uh, some surprise news and some not-so-surprise news coming out of Philadelphia. Uh, the Flyers announced that Keith Jones will be the new president of hockey operations. Uh, Keith Jones is a former player and former NBC analyst. And the not surprise news is Danny Briere is officially going to be named the general manager of that team. So looks like we're getting Keith, Keith Jones, Danny Briere and John Tortorella as the future of the Flyers. Uh, I, I've said before, I really like uh, Danny Briere. Um, he's, he's done 
he went uh, to to Maine, uh, and in the ECHL, he performed every duty in the front in the front office, uh, general manager, VP of hockey ops, uh, and and learned um, and the president as well, and learned the how to be um, a uh, a hockey executive um, over a period of years. Got a ton of experience. Um, and then has been uh, being a consultant to the, the GM for the Flyers. So it's not a surprise. He comes with tons of knowledge and experience, um, and, uh, and, and that, that was kind of the obvious pick. The not-so-obvious pick is Keith Jones. Uh, we hear that Eddie Olchek was, was also up for this president of hockey operations position. Uh, Keith Jones is popular um, as, a, uh, as a color guy uh, for uh, the... Uh, broadcast for the last 20 years for the Flyers. Um, he's a little goofy, uh, which, which um, you know, I, I think he's a smarter guy than, than he presents. Um, but if, depending on what this role is, if it's a communications style role uh, for convincing uh, Flyers fans of the direction of the organization, um, maybe they made the right call here. Uh, for those who are looking forward to the 2023 NHL draft or NHL awards in Nashville on June the 26th, uh, we had a few more announcements as to who's going to be nominated for the awards. Uh, starting things off, the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, uh, the player that best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. Three nominations are Clayton Keller, Chris Letang, and Alex Stalock. I kind of like the Alex Stalock pick for this one. He's a goalie that uh, I think was probably going to have to look for work over in Europe had uh, he not been signed by the Blackhawks. And uh, I, you know what? On a not-so-good team, I thought he stood out pretty well. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that pick. And uh, though I have some fondness for Clayton Keller as well, he's an um, uh, underrated talent, and, and part of the reason is is because he plays with Arizona. Uh, doesn't get the... The mention that he should, he's, he's a pretty talented player. The Ted, Ted Lindsay Award nominations are Eric Carlson, Connor McDavid, and David Pasternak. Uh, the ten, Ted Lindsay Award is gifted to the most outstanding player in the regular season. Uh, so I think all of these guys fit that mold pretty well. Uh, Eric Carlson being a defenseman with over 100 points. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. And of course, uh, David Pasternak uh, being on probably one of the best uh, all-time regular, se- regular season teams in the Boston Bruins this year. Yeah, and all are, are worthy nominees. I expect that uh, McDavid will get this. But, um, but, but as you, you said there uh, very well, uh, all deserve uh, the nominations. Yeah, and uh, another award where I think all the nominations were pretty uh, well-deserved as well is the Hart uh, Memorial Trophy, the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. Once again, Connor McDavid's nominated. Uh, Again, David Pasternak, and uh, this is where it differs from the last one, is Matthew Kachuk gets a nomination. So pretty good on Matthew Kachuk to get in there. Um, Again, probably this uh, is the McDavid Award, but uh, who can argue with there isn't a more important player uh, on the Panthers than uh, Matthew Kachuk. And the Vesna, the top goalie, uh, the top three are Connor Hellbuck, Elias Sorokin, and uh, Linus Allmark. Uh, I get the feeling it's going to be Allmark. Maybe a bit of a career season for him, but uh, his stats were just way too good. Yeah, I agree. And and whether that's part of the, uh, obviously the, the team had an ef- effect on it. Um, both of the other two um, 
terrific goaltenders, but I think it goes to Allmark. So uh, that's going to be it for segment one. Uh, coming up, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment, Mocking the Habs First Round Picks. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Think you know who's going to win between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers? Or maybe you're feeling a certain way about how Vegas or Seattle is going to do. Whatever your choice is, go to DraftKings Sportsbook and make your bets before round two begins. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and why 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. And just a reminder to all listening today to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app, wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode. We are into our off-season coverage, and uh, unlike a lot, a lot of other platforms, we stay here every single Saturday throughout the summer, so you don't have to worry. We'll be here every week giving you all the updates on Habs News, all the uh, big topic segments that you need uh, to get uh, your Habs fixed throughout this long off-season. And uh, obviously this past Monday, the uh, NHL draft lottery went down and uh, we have some clarity on where the Montreal Canadiens are going to be picking. And that's at number five. And I'll also note here that uh, the Montreal Canadiens still have that Florida Panthers first overall pick. It looks like that one's going to be at least 29 or higher based on the success of the Florida Panthers so far in these playoffs. But nevertheless, Two selections in that first round, 11 draft picks overall in the 2023 draft. And uh, we're going to start taking a look at some of the NHL uh, mock drafts that have come out this past week uh, from various platforms. Uh, Rick, are you excited about this upcoming draft? Absolutely. It's, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons that we stick around uh, all summer is because so much important work goes on uh, for the organization and um you know, if you check out <laughs> over the uh, over the summer, you miss a lot. Uh, there's a lot to catch up on. So 
the draft is really important for this uh, for the Canadians' rebuild. As we heard, Kent Hughes said uh, they expect to get a very talented player. Uh, but there's a big question mark. Uh, had they been uh, higher up uh, uh, in the draft, it would have been easier to predict. Uh, but in the draft mocks that came out this week, uh, one thing was, was uh, certain. There is no consensus on who the Montreal Canadiens will pick. Not only who the Canadiens prefer, but who will be uh, taken in front of them is in question. Uh, so the mocks we're going to be looking at today, we have four of them. And uh, at that number five position, um, each player is is different in all four mocks. And that certainly makes it interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, what our listener, who our listeners' favorite to pick would be at that uh, point in the draft. But uh, like you said, uh, each single uh, mock draft we're looking at today has a different person. It seems like uh, numbers one and two are pretty similar, but uh, at three is when you start to see that deviation. So uh, looking at uh, our first mock draft, we'll uh, go over to Adam uh, Kimmelman's uh, mock draft that was put onto NHL.com. Number one, uh, Chicago takes Bedard. That's not a surprise. Number two, uh, Anaheim's taking Fantilli. I don't think that's a surprise, but I will note that uh, some don't believe it's necessarily a slam dunk for Adam Fantilli to, to be at number two. At number three is where things uh, start to get interesting. He has the Columbus Blue Jackets picking Leo Carlson. Number four to the San Jose Sharks, it's Will Smith. And at number five to Montreal, it's Mitchkov. And what I can say about Mitchkov is this is going to be, this is probably the most controversial uh, player within this top five of the draft. He is signed uh, to play in the KHL until the end of the 2026 season. And that's uh, that's going to be it's going to be a test of patience to see who is willing to wait that long uh, to get a player that's as talented as uh, Michkov. Michkov is um, is the most talented Russian um, prospect in a very long time, going back to Malkin, going back to Ovechkin. Um, but he is he's a huge wild card uh, in this draft. Um Super talented, um, but uh, will any team, including the Canadians, be willing to wait until 2026 uh, when his KHL deal expires? Um, now, waiting three years, uh, it, it, sounds, um, it, it sounds difficult to do, but with any prospect... And look at Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, you know, we talked about uh, should he have been in the AHL last year? Um, you know, with any prospect, how long does it take them to develop? Uh, with uh, with Michkov, he'll be 22 years of age in uh, 2026, still very, very young. Um, so this might be, uh, if you can get uh, one of the best players in the draft um, who has a really high uh, hockey IQ, high-end talent, um, very aggressive. Um, this this might be uh, the risk to take, and we've heard um, Kent Hughes uh, and Jeff Gordon say that that they want sustainable success, uh, not just you know not just a one year appearance in the conference finals or better, uh, but they want sustainable success. So you know, is it worth waiting uh, that time to get one of the best players? Uh, in the draft. Um, we're going to have to wait and see, but there's going to be a lot of discussion on both sides. As you mentioned, this, this is a, 
this would be a controversial pick. Yeah, and I, I think it's fair to say that uh, Michkov could be a slam dunk for a higher pick had we not had this uh, KHL yeah. contract in place. I think a lot of teams would be looking forward to bringing, bringing him right away, but just might not have the patience. I've heard some people are a little bit concerned about uh, Michkov maybe not coming to the NHL. I don't know if that's a big concern or not. But, uh, you know, it's something that you certainly want to keep in mind. Uh, like you said, probably the most controversial uh, guy within this top five. There was some, um, uh, just to add to that, um, Scott Wheeler, who we've talked uh, about before, um, is a, a prospect uh, evaluator from The Athletic. And he said um, he ranks in his rankings, and, and we're talking about a difference between rankings and the mocks. Uh, he has them ranked as third, and he said... Without hesitation, uh, Michkov is the best prospect I've ever ranked at third. Um, and so has talent above that position, but it's all these other factors that are dropping him down. And one of the things that I think uh, most of the, uh, uh, the the scouts say is is just his ability to process. That's always the difficult thing is is when players get to the NHL or at a higher, higher level and be able to process uh, process their decisions and execute them. And Michkov does that better than most. So um, a really talented prospect. Uh, if he fell to five, if he fell to the Canadians, it would be really difficult to uh, pass him up. Yeah, I agree with that uh, completely. Uh, like uh, like we've been saying, maybe it's not a slam dunk, but this could be like the biggest deal of the draft if he does go to, f- to number five. Assuming you can be patient, though. Uh, we'll uh, take a look at uh, Mike Morales' uh, mock draft, uh, also on NHL.com. Uh, Batard Fantilli, of course, number uh, one and two. And he has the Columbus Blue, Ch- Blue Jackets taking uh, Michkov at number three. Uh, I think that uh, the Blue Jackets could be a team that uh, would uh, want to be a little bit uh, patient on a guy like that. Uh, number four, the San Jose Sharks taking Leo Carlson. And number five, uh, well, Montreal taking Will Smith. I think that's an interesting uh, pick uh, by Mike Morale. Uh, certainly, this is a player where uh, recency bias uh, has brought up uh, his rankings quite a bit. Uh, he's very versatile. He's a two-way forward with high-end offensive skill. Uh, he's an offensive creator who plays responsible away from the puck as well. Uh, could certainly come into the NHL as a top six forward. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the Will Smith pick? Well, this is kind of the dream scenario if... If Michkov is taken early, that that decision is taken out of Kent Hughes's hands, and yeah. and then he may have the pick of a Leo Carlson uh, or a Will Smith. Um, and Will Smith, yeah, we playing for uh, the U.S. team and a U.S. Uh, development uh, team. He's just he's he's so deceptive. I think that's the word that kind of captures uh, his play. He handles the puck so well, whether. Uh, it's a quick release for a shot or, or he's one of the best passers, uh, in the, in this group, in this top end group. Um, he's able to, uh, pull off uh, amazing moves because he, he is deceptive and, and, uh, and, and uses his body, his, his face, his eyes to, to misdirect the, the defender. Um, and, and, uh, he's, he's also for a player, um, of of this size, he's just six foot. He's he's very physically engaged as well. So um, this would be a one of the very talented players 
that uh, Ken Hughes talked about. Yeah, and I like Will Smith. I think that uh, him potentially following in, in falling into Montreal's laps at number five with uh, Michkov off the board, like you said, that, I think that's the dream scenario. Probably a not controversial pick at all. I think most people would be very happy to have Will Smith here at number five. Yeah. Uh, taking a look at Stephen Ellis of the Daily Faceoff. Um, number one, Bedard, number two, Fantilli, number three, Leo Carlson to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, uh, number four, uh, San Jose Sharks taking Will Smith and who does he have Montreal taking, but Ryan Leonard. So uh, leaving Michkov on the board in this scenario, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Leonard, uh, perhaps somebody that could jump up into that, uh, top five. He's not in everyone's uh, top five mock draft, but Certainly an interesting player, good speed, good skill, uh, very physical. Uh, and he's also noting that uh, he's the type of player that a lot of teams would probably really want. So that's certainly intriguing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Leonard? Uh, well, just I'll say full disclosure, Stephen Ellis uh, was uh, um, a journalist who got his uh, start uh, with Rocket Sports. And, and we trained him and, and then he moved for to the Hockey News and now with uh, daily face-off, doing their prospect coverage and doing a great job. Ryan Leonard is is a real interesting player. Well, um, to to uh, to also follow up with your point about it's it's interesting how certain evaluators see Meechkov and you see him falling beyond the out of the top five in uh, in this uh, scenario. But Ryan Leonard is the kind of player that you want um, in a Stanley Cup run. Uh, in the playoffs, he's he's uh, got pretty high end talent, but um, he's really aggressive, um, very um, um, high hockey IQ. But is just um, you know he's he's feisty. He's the kind of guy that that uh, will will a series. Very competitive, I guess is the um, is his tagline. Um, and he just, um, he wills things to happen. He makes things happen when he's on the ice. One of those guys, you know, they describe the, um, the player as, as the puck follows them around. Um, he uses, he uses his frame to, to make something happen. He's the kind of guy that you notice on the ice. Um, maybe not in the talent level of the other players, but, uh, uh, that competitive aspect that, that compete level, uh, one of those values that, uh, Kent Hughes talked about, you can see, Ryan Leonard fitting into that uh, definition that they're looking for. Yeah, I like the fit based on that description. I think that's uh, the type of player that Montreal doesn't currently have, at least in terms of prospects. Uh, but uh, like you said, the interesting thing here is leaving Michkov on the board. Yeah. So that's really going to make this a tough decision. If uh, Michkov is still available and Orion Leonard is still available, uh, that's going to be tough. I, I think some of this has to do with patience. And I think... Uh, some of it uh, might end up just being how Kent Hughes views the impact of the player on the team. So uh, again, I do not envy this decision by uh, Kent Hughes if he ends up in this position. Uh, looking at uh, Corey Pronman's uh, uh, draft uh, mock draft uh, of the Athletic, uh, of course, I'm going to repeat myself again. Uh, Medard one, Fantilli two, and number three he has the Blue Jackets taking Will Smith, and number four he has the San Jose Sharks taking uh, Leo Carlson, and number five. Uh, this is probably the most interesting number five pick of all of these. David Reinbacher. Uh, 
David Reinbacher is an excellent all-round defenseman. He's very mobile. He stands out immediately. He's a six foot two right shot defender. Uh, good gap control. He's strong. Uh, he he's very physical as well. Uh, very polished defensively. Good IQ. Uh, good uh, first pack pass up the ice. Uh, what this reminds me of is uh, kind of like a uh, Jake Sanderson back when he was being drafted. Uh, Jake Sanderson, I think a lot of people certainly had him within the top ten of their rankings. But uh, going at number five, I think some people viewed that as a bit of a reach, but an all around good defenseman, uh, somebody with a good IQ just kind of does everything well, uh, but maybe not as flashy and as skilled as some of the other players available. Uh, We've heard the Canadians say one of their big needs is a number one puck moving defenseman who uh, someone who can uh, quarterback the the power play and um, so uh, David Reinbacher is the best defenseman in of the group. Um, but what's that saying? Because this is, this is kind of a weak class for defensemen. Um, as you said, he's, he's, um, he's very mature looking um, and uh, looks mature beyond his years. Um, he's probably, uh, certainly Bedard is, is likely to play in the NHL next year but of the the group that the Canadians uh, are interested in he's probably closest to playing in the NHL um and and, and may solve an, uh, a need is he high end enough uh to be the the defenseman that the Canadians are looking for or could they develop him into that um I don't know uh this this would be a really interesting choice especially if if they're leaving other players um, yes, I know they have uh, an abundance of of wingers in the in in their uh, prospect pool, um, but but would this be um, a, a wise choice of the number five pick, or is it some? You know, some are suggesting that the Canadians, if they're targeting a defenseman, uh, could they move back and still get this player? But again, um, it's limited quantity here. Uh, if if there's another organization looking for a defenseman. Uh, this uh, this this uh, player is not going to fall too far. Yeah, I don't know that I see Montreal to be a team that's in a position where they should be drafting outright for need at this point in time. I kind of like Montreal to be a team that's just going for talent and getting the best guys available. Uh, Reinbacher is an interesting one. I don't know if that will be the most popular pick amongst fans. But this could be a really good defenseman. Obviously, we know how important it is to have a, a top-tier uh, right-shot defender. Maybe it's worth the reach. Uh, once again, in this scenario, you're leaving Michkov on the board, which again, I think that's pretty uh, interesting that Corey Promen would have it like that. Um, yeah, just it depends how much you value David uh, Reinbacher. I don't think I personally, personally would take uh, reach on him out of need at number five, I think I would lean more towards getting a forward. But again, if the Montreal scouts and uh, everyone uh, behind the scenes uh, believes that David Reinbacher is uh, top one or two right shot defensemen, then uh, I don't see any issues taking him at number five. I agree completely. Um, we have four different choices there from four different evaluators. Let me throw another name into the mix that would be a popular, uh, would be a, an interesting choice. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, about the Winnipeg Ice series uh, against uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, Thunderbirds, and I mentioned to watch Zach Benson. Zach Benson could be 
uh, a number five uh, pick. Uh, very dynamic player, tremendous skill. Um, his ability to to change speeds and and be very agile um, and have a, a ridiculous release. Um, and and he's a guy. He's, he's a smaller uh, player. Five uh, ten, but he's very strong, and and um, the compete level is off the charts. This guy is is going to be an eye opener for some team, and and maybe the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I can see Benson being a guy that uh, jumps up quite a bit. Uh, obviously, the size is not quite there, but uh, from what you describe, that uh, sounds a little bit like a Cole Caulfield. No, a little bit like a Cole Caulfield, but he plays. Um, he he's more aggressive. He'll play in traffic. Uh, he he has a physical side to his game. Yeah, so that's certainly interesting. Uh, I know last year uh, part of what uh, came to the decision of uh, taking uh, Slavkovsky first overall was the size. Uh, Montreal's a team where if you look at the roster, it doesn't seem like they're necessarily scared or worried about putting in uh, some shorter players into their lineup, uh, like a Cole Caulfield, like a Gallagher. But uh, I wonder if size is going to be uh, what uh, brings uh, Zach Benson out of that top five and maybe even uh, available past that number 10 pick. I'm not sure. But uh, certainly I do like the pick of uh, Benson. That uh, could be pretty interesting for Montreal too. No, you're absolutely right. And and we heard uh, in those behind-the-scenes uh, meetings last year that size was definitely a concern. Jeff Gordon mentioned it. Uh, some of the scouts mentioned it. And the analytics people mentioned size. Uh, Kent Hughes was asked about that post lottery, uh, post draft lottery. He said he's he's always been comfortable uh, drafting a um, a player under six feet. Uh, so we'll see what kind of discussions go on behind the scenes and what kind of arguments there are um, about that that particular question. It's certainly one that will be discussed. Yeah, and uh, obviously Montreal does have two picks within this first round. I think most of the hype is going to be towards that number five pick. That's certainly a very intriguing decision for them to have to make. But uh, they do have Florida's pick as well, which at this point it looks like it's going to be number 29 or worse. Uh, unfortunately, the dream of that Florida pick being a lottery pick as well it has officially died at one point this season. Florida looked like they were going to be way out of the playoffs, but uh, they battled back out themselves in there and they're headed to the East final. Uh, unfortunately, picking 29 or worse is not quite as valuable of a draft pick as, you know, the mid teens or within that draft lottery range. Uh, so kind of unfortunate. Uh, one of the big things that happened at last year's NHL draft was uh, Kent Hughes acquiring the 13th overall from the Islanders and using that to complete a trade with the, the Chicago Blackhawks to bring in a Kirby Dock. Um, I wonder if there is a possibility that Kent Hughes could use that uh, Florida pick to go after a Kirby Dock type player around the league. Uh, a young player that maybe hasn't quite fit in well on his team that still has a ton of d- potential it's an interesting it's an interesting question because um the the both uh, ken hughes and jeff gordon had folk have forecast uh that they're interested in doing another uh acquisition in bringing in a, a kirby dock not necessarily a kirby dock player but a kirby dock type trade uh the kind of um player who's who has been underachieving as you say um, would that be more? Uh, would they more be more apt to do that 
if the pick had had stayed at 17? Uh, maybe, um, because now that it's down to, to 29, um, you have to start thinking about uh, the, the goaltending need as well. And we know that uh, that over the, the past few years, um, with the, the difficulty in, in, in finding goaltending talent, that it's it's usually in the later um, round, uh, later uh, first round, and into the second round, where teams start picking up uh, goaltenders. Um, we know that that uh, that the goaltenders, at least a number one goaltender, um, is is likely to come uh, from a draft uh, and and likely to come uh, from that first and second round. And when those uh, uh, picks are made. Uh, the folks from The Athletic this week told us that it's likely going to take four or five years, uh, even a first round pick or a second round pick to develop that goaltender and for them to become uh, a starting goaltender. And And the example that uh, um, they used was uh, the 2021 NHL draft where uh, the tr- Detroit Red Wings were in a similar position to what the Canadians are this year. Um, they had the sixth and the 23rd pick, they drafted the defenseman uh, with that sixth pick. And then um, with the 23rd pick, they, they actually moved up to 15th to pick Sebastian Cosa of uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. And, uh, and we were talking beforehand, you also mentioned Jesper Wolstad uh, for, for the Wild taking in, taken, um, in that same draft. And um, these are the kind of moves that uh, the Canadians are going to have to take I feel, um, or at least consider, um, and and spend an early pick on um, either a late first round pick. And now this year they have the luxury of that, as they did last, um, and, or a second round pick uh, to start uh, grooming uh, their number one goaltender. Yeah, I really do like the idea of the Montreal Canadiens using that uh, second pick to target a goaltender. Uh, unfortunately, in this draft, we don't really have what appears to be a marquee type uh, goaltender available. Uh, there's You don't have that Sebastian Kosa. You don't have an Askarov. You don't have necessarily a Carey Price available at uh, that number five pick either. But uh, there are plenty of uh, goaltenders that look like they could be available within the 20 range or potentially that second round. So I definitely like the idea of them uh, picking out a goaltender and uh, getting them into the system, uh, seeing what uh, you have. I think that could be a really good target for them. And this past week, we heard from former Canadians goaltending coach, Stefan Waite. He was... uh, on uh, 98.5 FM uh, podcast uh, and, and said um, that, that in his opinion, um, the, the Canadians had to use that second first round pick uh, to target a goaltender. Uh, his quote is, uh, now it's time for projects. Um, and he's talking about that second first round pick. It's time to draft a goalie we know will play in the NHL. I'll give you three names that the Canadians should target late in the first round. Carson Bjarnson, uh, Michael Rabel, and Alexander Helmo. Um, so he identifies three uh, three goaltenders, and and all three um, are um, Central Scouting had had ranked uh, either in the North American um, uh, pool or the uh, European pool as uh, top goaltenders in uh, this upcoming draft. 
Yeah, Carson Bjornsson, uh he's currently ranked number 30 by uh, Sportsnet overall out of all the players, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I believe he's also number one in uh, the NHL Central Scouting for North American goaltenders uh, currently in uh, the WHL. I think that's uh, that could be an intriguing one for sure. Uh, Michael Hrabel, um Bob McKenzie's midseason has him ranked at number 32 overall. Uh, so there's certainly some precedence there. And then Alexander Helmo uh, ranked uh, the best European goaltender by uh, NHL Central Scouting. So I like these three picks. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? Um, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, as you said, uh, Bjarnson uh, played in the, the uh, WHL, played for Brandon, Brandon Wheat Kings. Not a very good team. Um, and yeah. so his... <laughs> His uh, they weren't, and and so his his stats don't look particularly great. Played forty seven games this past season, uh, goals against a three point zero eight, uh, save percentage of nine hundred, um, a winning percentage of uh, or a uh, one loss record of twenty one nineteen and five. Um, but you know he's going against the Connor Bedards and and the Zach Bansons with and playing for a, a, a not a very good team. Um, he's got good size, um, and, uh, he, he's really quick. I, I find him very quick. He's 6'3", 181, um, and, and he's got a good mental game. He doesn't seem to get, uh, uh, too down after giving up a goal, uh, and, and he, and he did that with, with Brandon. Um, there's, there's scouts that are pretty high on, on this guy and, and think that he, he really does have um, number one goaltending potential. Yeah, that, that's pretty uh, good that uh, that's the case, that he has a good mental game. Uh, unfortunate uh, that he's playing in uh, such a tough uh, division there. Uh, I know that uh, CHL goaltenders always seem to have, well, they look like they have bad stats if you don't follow the CHL too closely. Yeah. So uh, just in general, uh, it looks like he was put in a tough situation, but uh, he seems to have fared pretty well. And I like the potential there. Um, Helmo, and, and I'll just mention uh, the yeah. others that, that you did, uh, playing in the SHL, he is the top-ranked uh, European goaltender, 6'2", six, uh, six average size. Um, he's pretty athletic. Um, he can move pretty well. Um, you know, he was, he, was, he was pretty good in the SHL, um, uh, but he was uh, still getting used to the, the men uh, playing against the men. He was excellent uh, in the under-20 league. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see about him, uh, whether he's able to, uh, make that change. And, um, Michael Rabel played with in the USHL for Omaha. Um, he's, he's pretty raw. Um, but, but the scouts rave about his potential. And one of the reasons is his size. He's six, six. Um, and so he covers the bottom of the net pretty well and, and is athletic as well for, uh, for a six foot six uh, goaltender. Yeah, you and I also picked a couple goaltenders uh, outside of these three that we thought could be interesting to target. Uh, the one I came up with was a Trey Augustine. He's going to be playing with the University of Michigan in the NCAA next season. Uh, he seems to be uh, ranked kind of uh, around that uh, late uh, 20, uh, early second round area by a lot of uh, various uh, scouts uh nhl central rankings has him as the third best uh, north american goaltender 
uh, Bob McKenzie and his midseason rankings had him at uh, number 57. I liked what I saw from him at the juniors. I think uh, he has a high level of potential and uh, I think uh, certainly a prospect uh, or a project rather uh, like most goaltenders are going to be a project, but uh, I think Trey uh, Augustine is a good one to bet on. Um, we also mentioned uh, Milich could be an interesting uh, target for them too. Uh, Milich, obviously the goaltender that uh, played for team Canada at the juniors. And we know how much uh, Canada is starving for the next uh, great uh, Canadian goaltender. So I wouldn't mind having him in the system either. Uh, did you have any names you wanted to talk about Rick? Uh, Milich. Um, yeah, he was and and you can watch him playing uh, for Seattle um, right now. Um He's he's not a big goaltender, but but for that matter, neither is uh, Trey Augustine. Um, there's uh, uh, Scott Rat, Rats Ratzleff. He also plays for the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, he's some someone you might want to consider. Um, how about Adam Adam Gagen? Um, and we remember back to the World Juniors uh, that quarterfinal game. Uh, Slovakia took. Uh, the team Canada to uh, overtime and it was Connor Bedard. Um, he was spectacular in that game, scored a spectacular overtime uh, goal. He had two goals and an assist in that game, but it was Adam Gagin. Um, he stopped 53 of 57 shots by team Canada. Um, he played uh, in the NHA, NAHL uh, this past season, also had some games for green Bay in the USHL uh, a huge uh, uh, project, um, but what I like about him, he, he doesn't. He's one of those kind of goaltenders um, who never ever gives up on the play, and I think that's always an important characteristic as a goaltender. Yeah, we know this Montreal team is not uh, going to hesitate to take uh, Slovak in the draft as well, especially in that first round. So that would be pretty uh, cool to see them use that Florida pick to pick a Gajan and uh, bring him into the mix as well. Uh, I like uh, your thoughts there. But now we're, uh, we're talking about, we're talking about uh, using one of the a first round pick or a second round pick. But what if, what if the Canadians take two goaltenders? What if, what if they use, so maybe their fifth, sixth, seventh pick to pick up a goaltender. If you wanted to take a flyer on a goaltender, who might that goaltender be? I have a suggestion. What's your suggestion? Uh, the suggestion is uh, Calvin Vachon. You've never heard of Calvin Vachon. M- many of our, our listeners uh, are familiar with the last name, though. Uh, Calvin is the grandson of Rogi Vachon, Hall of Famer Rogi Vachon. Um, and Calvin, um, he plays for Chautauk uh, St. Mary's in, in Minnesota. Uh, it's a prep school. Um, uh, what, you know, a prep school. What what's that going to give you? Uh, well, it's the same prep school that Sidney Crosby went to. Jonathan Taves, Zach Parisi, Clayton Keller. We mentioned earlier, Jack Johnson. Um, pretty impressive uh, uh, group of alums that uh, that went there. Um, and uh, Calvin um, it has been the goaltender there. Uh, for the past two years, he's not necessarily high on on anybody's uh, ranking list. He's just uh, 17 years old. He doesn't have the size. Uh, actually, not, neither did Rogi for, for that matter. Hmm. Uh, Calvin is six foot, 160 pounds. 
Um, he's uh, played two years uh, for the 18 and under uh, for the under 18 uh, prep team. He has combined um, one loss uh, for the last two years. Is 45 two and one. Uh, that's his record for the past two years. Um, 45 two and one. Uh, so not not too bad at all. If you're wanting uh, to rely on the you know the legacy and and uh, and maybe take a, a a long shot a flyer on a goaltender, why not Calvin Vachon? Yeah, not a bad uh, guy to take a flyer on in a late round. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a slam dunk, but no, uh, everything no. you just mentioned, it sounds like the potential is there, and that's exactly who who you'd probably want to target with a late round pick. Uh, you're looking for potential at that point, and not every pick, unfortunately is going to be that slam dunk, especially when you get to that point. Uh, you're just kind of looking for guys that you think could eventually develop into something. And uh, I'm going to bring the word project up once again. Uh, that guy's going to be a few years off uh, before we get to see him at the professional level, at least. So we're going to be talking about the draft uh, from now until draft day. Uh, every single week on the podcast, we'll try to bring you something new. We'll try to bring you some uh, experts, um, but we really want to hear from you. We really want to hear what your thoughts are on some of the prospects that we presented here uh, for that early first round pick and, and also uh, what your thoughts are uh, on how the Canadians can best use that second first round pick. And uh, our Canadians Connection question of the week, uh, how would you react if Kent Hughes picked Michkov with that fifth overall pick? Uh, we want to make sure that we hear from you, and uh, we'll certainly get to hear from you after our break. Uh, we're going to first hear from our sponsors, Raycon, and then it's the Have Your Say segment. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Let's face it, with coffee starting at five bucks, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Now, why would you want to spend a little bit less on earbuds? Well, because let's face it, getting good quality earbuds or headphones can sometimes really break the bank. And to find a product that has premium quality audio with tons of features at a really reasonable price is kind of one of those leprechauns that you want to take advantage of. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And I have to say, I'm one of them. I am a Raycon user. I have a pair of the Everyday Earbuds, and they're just phenomenal. They are so comfortable. There are 
lots of different custom gel tips so you get a perfect, really comfortable in-ear fit, uh, really good um, noise isolation. There's an awareness mode so you can let some, some outside noise seep in if you want to be aware of what's going on around you. Customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, you name it, these earbuds have it. So what to do now? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back to episode 243 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, you can feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. Uh, you can text us any time of day, 24 hours. We want to hear from you. Just leave your first name and where you're from so that we know who we're talking to. Now, this is going to be a very busy offseason for the Montreal Canadiens. We have the draft coming up soon. It's hard to keep track of everything. And Rocket Sports has you covered. Here's what you need to know. Head over to HabsHockeyReport.com and weekly on Monday, you're going to want to check out Chris G's Habs notepad that goes through all the Habs news from the past week. Also, we sprinkle in some Habs headlines as they come out. And if you're interested in a midweek update, head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel. Just search at all Habs. Every single Thursday, Amy Johnson puts out the Habs Hockey Report. This past week, she put out an episode entitled Five Thoughts on the Draft Lottery. She gives you the updates on all your Habs news, and she talks about a big topic like uh, the NHL Draft Lottery. So get her reaction, get involved in the conversation too, leave a like, leave a comment. She always replies to the comments, and hit that subscribe button so you never miss a single episode throughout this whole offseason. I'll just make a, 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 a comment on that. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Um, Amy and that channel, uh, our channel there is very close to a thousand subscribers. It'd be nice to get over that hump. And uh, so if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel and, and tell your friends about it as well. Also, make sure you're subscribed to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. Every Tuesday, the Press Zone comes out. That's hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams. Uh, you can make sure you check that out at thepresszone.fm. That's going to be your inside source for the AHL, the Laval Rocket, anything to do with Habs prospects. Stay up to date throughout this busy offseason. Also, the Canadians Connection podcast, you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. Hit the sus- subscribe button, and as I've said a few times already, we're here through the whole offseason, too. Every single Saturday, we do not take breaks at all during the year. Uh, we have plenty of fun content coming up, especially leading towards the draft and everything this offseason. We'll keep you up to date on everything you need to know about the Montreal Canadiens. So now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And we ask, what would be your reaction if Kent Hughes selects Michkov with the fifth overall pick? 
Uh, we just talked about to why Michikov could be a controversial pick. Uh, we know that he will not get to the NHL before the end of the uh, 2026 season. Are you willing to wait that long for a uh, high-end talent? Are you concerned about him not coming to the NHL? What are your thoughts on that, uh, the fifth overall pick? Would you be nervous? Would you consider it a steal? Would you? Are you able to be patient uh, for Michikov to join the Canadians in 2026? Um, if the Canadians make that pick, what are your feelings? We want to hear from you. And uh, I believe we got a nice friendly text from one of our listeners. Uh, Rick, who did uh, we hear from this week and what did they have to say? Always happy to hear from you on our Rocket Sports text line. 5853ROCKET is the way you reach out to us. We've got a few texts this week, but one was pretty special. Uh, this one comes from Indy uh, in the Atlanta area in Georgia. Uh, we met Indy at uh, a great Habs fan, passionate Habs fan. We've met her at a couple of drafts. Uh, she's traveled to the draft, and uh, um, she begins saying, Meow, uh, the Panthers all the way. Uh, great joy in watching the defeat of the Bruins. Um, and now I'm sure she'll be uh, very thrilled that they also uh, dispatched the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and she goes on to say that she likes the 8.5% odds for Monday. This received before the draft lottery. Um, and she says, but then I've known to cheer for the underdog, underdog hence being a Habs fan, I guess. Um, she goes on, um, very complimentary words. Uh, I don't comment much, but I truly enjoy your podcast. I've tried other ones that are Habs related. None of them meet the quality of yours. Thank you for all you put into sharing accurate and objective commentary. And uh, wow, that just touches our hearts and and is the reason why we do what we do and the way we present it, the way we, we present it. We want to be, uh, and we have been uh, since 2011, the most trusted podcast out there. Um, and so uh, that's, that's why we have adopted the format we have uh, and we're greatly um, touched by the fact that you're enjoying it so much um, and hopefully um, at uh, at a future draft we'll we'll see Indy there uh, in her hab sweater uh, cheering for the brand new prospect that joined the organization terrific uh, text uh, thank you very much Indy and uh, as I've said many times Habs fans are everywhere yeah, I really appreciate the text as well. Uh, we put a lot of hard work into this podcast week to week uh, to give you accurate uh, information, to give you um, like some good opinions. I know we don't always align with what uh, the mainstream media has to say, but uh, I think it's important to get uh, a few different ideas out there. And uh, uh, we appreciate hearing from Habs fans that come from all across the globe. Um Indy coming from uh, Atlanta. Uh, I know that uh, there's plenty of fans south of the border in the U.S., some in Europe, Australia, all, all across Canada. Canada. So it's uh, really awesome to have this uh, connection with all of you. Absolutely. So this week, don't forget, uh, and I'm hoping you're listening to this before Sunday, uh, May the 14th. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I uh, hope you all get to, get to celebrate. All the hockey moms, too. Uh, we know uh, all the hardship of waking up at 6 a.m. to get to the rink. Uh, you're very much appreciated. So don't forget about that. And uh, Rick, uh, just a little reminder to you as well. Uh, make sure you give a little phone call. <laughs> I shall.
Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you heard, you can share it on social media too. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, May the 20th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.